You are listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 283. In this episode, I share with you how to run your first live event. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's episode is a rerun of episode 76, and it's a good one. I never thought I would be one of those people running live events, and now I find it the most normal thing in the world. In the episode, I share with you why I decided to do a live event, how my team and I planned it and how it went, all so that you can easily learn how to run your first live event. And if you're ready for more, not just live events, but literally transforming your life and business, then you're ready for a mastermind. Then check out my mastermind programs in the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 283. I had been less than one year in business when I bought an online course that included a ticket to a live event. First, I thought to myself, I'm not going to fly to Dallas, Texas for a two-day life event. I didn't feel I had the funds to do it. But just about this time when I bought the course, my business was taking off. I had my first five-figure month and then another five-figure month and then a multiple five-figure month. And then there was no doubt in my mind that I could afford to buy a ticket to fly to Dallas Texas and attend this live event. So I did. And what I experienced was amazing. A room full of female entrepreneurs, 250 women who were all just like me, wanting to build their online business. Some were not as far as me and some were way ahead of me. And I was so inspired. I started to think I wanted to do something like this. But it was just a tiny, tiny little voice in my head. On the second day of the conference, I had lunch with one of my new entrepreneurial friends. And we took a little walk outside in the nice weather. This was in May. And I said to her, I want to do this. I want one day to do a live event like this. I don't know anything similar that is happening in Europe. I want to be the one doing it. She reminded me the other day <laughs> of this exact moment. And you know what? That's the key. Sometimes we get great ideas or we have a little kind of idea that we don't really believe in, but by sharing it with her, it somehow went into my subconscious. And even though I put the idea away for a long time and didn't act on it, it was there. 
And it was a really a warm and fuzzy feeling when my friend reminded me of my own vision. So before I even considered doing a 250 people event, well, I didn't think that big yet, but just even doing an event with 30, 40 people, I thought to myself, I got to start small. And actually, I wasn't even thinking of a life event. The reason I finally started to do something offline was that a client asked me, whether I wouldn't consider doing a mastermind retreat in Iceland. And then she hit the nail on the head because actually, even before my business started to take off earlier that year, I had been looking into the possibility of doing a retreat in Iceland. I had the location, I had the house, I had an idea how it could all look like, but I didn't have the audience. I had no clients yet. So a year later, or actually one and a half years later, when I was getting this request, I said, yes, this has been my dream for a while. But, you know, planning a retreat in Iceland where I have to book a house and book a car and kind of commit, and then I don't know if I can sell it. It felt like a huge financial commitment that I was not ready to make. But then somebody suggested How about you just starting with one day? And I thought the idea was brilliant. Yes, I'll do a one day mastermind day. So what I did is I announced in November timeframe of 2015, one day mastermind in my home in Zurich, because I thought to myself, well, if I don't have to rent a location, at least there's no financial risk. But I hired a makeup artist. I hired a photographer. They were both friends of mine. So if it wouldn't work out, I could just tell them, hey, it's not happening. And I had no financial cost. So I kind of had this back door out if nobody would buy. But people bought. And we were six to eight persons. I don't remember exactly today anymore. And it was an absolutely amazing day with a mixture of masterminding on business and makeover where they got a makeup and a photo shoot. And once the day was over and it went so well, I was sitting at my desk and thinking, well, I did this and people bought. What about this mastermind retreat? So for the whole of February, I spent planning the retreat and it took place in September the same year. And I sold 11 spots for my retreat. Now I had done the retreat and I thought to myself, hmm, I've done a mastermind day. I've done a retreat. I've done another mastermind day. I'm planning another retreat the life event started to come up more. During this time, from time to time, I was also doing meetups. Back in 2014, I would do meetups in Zurich. I would do at least one meetup in Iceland. I would do meetups in the last few years when I've been in Los Angeles. But these were always just a few people, not a huge group. 
And I was getting more and more requests about a meetup in Zurich. And I thought to myself, my community has become so big around Zurich and Central Europe that I couldn't just kind of say, hey, let's meet in a coffee shop or in a restaurant. There will be a lot more people. So I knew, hmm, the idea for the live event started to crystallize in the fact that I wanted to meet my clients and my clients wanted to meet me, but I knew I had to have a place where we could meet. As I was preparing for my Samba launch in June, the idea of the live event came really, really strong. I thought back to that online course that I bought in November 2014, where a ticket to a live event had been included. And I thought to myself, what a fantastic bonus. What if I include a live ticket for anyone who pays upfront as a benefit for those who pay upfront versus those who have a payment plan? Yes. And now, where do I do it? Well, luckily, in the meantime, in October 2016, I had been asked to speak at a small startup space in Zurich. Well, it was actually not that small. There were about 60 people at my talk, and I was really happy about the location. It was in a brand new building in a technology area, you know, and just the name startup space is kind of like good when you're in entrepreneurship. And I thought to myself, that's the perfect space. And what was even better, it was not so far from my home. And it just gives me a good feeling if anything is forgotten or missing that, you know, somebody could drive home and get it. So we checked the pricing and it was okay, uh, at least better than going to a hotel. And I was not such a fan of going to a hotel either or some faceless office building. So yes, we booked it and I decided to book two days because I have been doing masterminds for two years now or more. I have worked with over 20 masterminds and one of my oldest masterminders that are currently still working with me have been with me for over a year and others were already with me for nine months. And I thought to myself, it's also time to celebrate my masterminders. So I decided to have a special mastermind day for about 30 to 40 people. And then we had capacity for up to 90 people for the second day for my course participants of Samba. I announced the live event with the Samba launch. The masterminders were super excited and so many of them signed up already. Sombas were super excited as well. And then in my September launch of Samba, I filled the remaining spots and we had 90 signups for the event. Basically, we sold out. It's been one of the easiest things that I've done in my business is to fill this event. Now it was for free, but still there was a deposit just like at that live event that I went to in May 2015. I also had to pay $100 refundable deposit and I would get it back if I showed up. Now, this is usual in Europe and some people ask me, why? Why do you do that? Well, it's just proven that when we have something for free, people sign up 
and they intend to come, but then something seems to happen and they don't show up. But when you have a refundable deposit, it is 100% more likely that they'll show up. I think we ended up having four people out of the 90 that didn't show up and they all had very good reasons. They got sick or got stuck in an airport or something like that. So overall, this was the idea and the days, the two-day life event was amazing. It was everything I wished for. It was, honestly, it was like I had never done anything else. Of course, there's always something to improve. And maybe you're listening in and you were at the live event and you thought to yourself, well, it was not so perfect. Of course not. Nothing is perfect. And especially not when you do it for the first time. But from my perspective, it was an amazing experience, both for me and my clients, and a wonderful way to connect, start to collaborate and co-create. And these were the themes of the conference. My overall goal with doing a live event was to get my clients to connect with each other. My vision is creating a community of online entrepreneurs. I say often Europe and I often say female. Yes, I have men in Samba and they are very welcome. I also have a lot of clients from other countries outside Europe and they are very welcome as well. But the thing is, there are not so many communities like this in Europe and there are not so many communities for female entrepreneurs. And that's why I use both these words to describe what I really want to build in Europe. And I feel I've partly done it. My bigger vision is, and I described this at the live event, is to have 2000 people in the room. Actually, I found the location already. It's a concert hall in Iceland, Reykjavik, Iceland, called Harpa. You can Google it. It's beautiful. Uh, the main room actually has seats for 1,800 people, and the seats are red. How amazing is that? So I know already that this is the location. The question is, when will I do the live event in Harpa, Reykjavik, Iceland? I don't know yet, but I know it will happen because I have shared it with you now on this episode. And you know, every time I share my vision with someone else, it comes true. So what if you are thinking about doing a life event? There are a few things that I would like to share with you. You should, of course, like with anything, begin with the end in mind. What is the goal of the event? The reason I wanted to do a live event was to build this community. Like when you have an online community, it's not as real as when it's live. That's one thing. I also want my masterminders and Samba participants to get to know each other and collaborate. I think that's how you create a community. Community is not just me teaching something online to someone else, but the people inside the course or the uh, mastermind is to collaborate among each other. And the feedback that I got through the live event that many of my oldest clients came to me and said, wow, Sigrun, I had no idea that you had such a diverse and wonderful group of female entrepreneurs in your community. 
They had not seen them. Yes, they're inside a Facebook group altogether, but meeting face to face, everybody introducing themselves, they were absolutely amazed by it. And well, I kind of knew my clients already, so I was not amazed, but I was amazed to see how amazed they were. So understand why you're doing the life event. Now, some people do a life event to sell something. I was not originally planning to sell anything at my life event. It was really for community building. But as the date came closer with the life event, there came up the idea, just like at that life event that I went to in May 2015 in Dallas, Texas, we were offered to join a mastermind. Now, from 250 people, C was only going to have spots for 10 people for the mastermind. So it was a very exclusive opportunity. It's not the right thing for everybody, but it was something that C offered. C did not spend a lot of time on it, but it was mentioned and the form to fill out to apply for it was put on the table. And I thought, well, that's okay. That doesn't feel like super selling, you know, like these sleazy events that you go to when they're selling you for two hours. I wanted nothing of the sort, but how about spending 15 minutes mentioning your programs for next year, since I was already getting questions about them. I thought that was very appropriate. So think about what is the purpose of your event. Second, budget it. My event, this was a two day life event. So basically I had to fully rent the location for two days, no matter how many people showed up. Of course, the costs are increased because I wanted to offer lunch and cocktail for free. We had dinner in the evening, but the dinner was paid for by the participants who decided to join us for dinner. So just doing that live event for two days is a $20,000 investment in my case. If I had done it in a fancier location in a hotel, if I would have had a technical assistant, microphone system and things like that, it would have been even more expensive. Included in this is a cost for photographer for two days, a cost for videographer for two days, and I had a makeup artist come in early in the morning to do my hair and makeup. So things like that you should not forget. Then the question is, how are you going to get signups? So there's two ways to do it, and I can see the benefit of both. If you want to get new people into your community, you should have an open event where the ticket price is maybe $100, so you cover most of your cost, but you allow anyone to sign up. And for a while, I thought about having my life event like that. After I had already 40 signups from Samba for the Samba day, I thought to myself, well, I could offer tickets to outsiders, people who are not in Samba, but would like to be a part of this day. But as the day came closer, And I had a September launch with Samba and realized there were so many new participants who wanted to join us, I decided against it. And now I'm really glad I didn't because we created a Samba community during that day. And anyone who was not in the online program wouldn't have been a good fit. They would have been a real outsider. And I wouldn't have want that feeling for anyone. I will definitely do my big event, the one with 1,800, 2,000 people, will be an open event. But until that day, I prefer to do a closed event where the ticket price is part of the course price. Now, since I'm doing already a live event again in January, yes, there were people who couldn't join in September and I realized I want to do it quickly again. 
So not again just in September next year, but actually in January next year. I already have the dates, January 26th and 27th. Again, Friday and Saturday. Friday, Masterminders. Saturday, Somber Day. Those people who want to join me again, there is a fee. Now, the exact fee will be decided, but obviously... I cannot allow people to come again and again and again for free because at some point, well, there's nothing left that paid actually for the online course itself. So that is very normal. I have seen other people do that, that also have live events included, that you get one ticket for free. And if you want to come again, you pay a fee to join. So after you've thought about the logistics of the event. There's a lot more to it, of course. Think about how you're going to structure your day. I got this great advice to structure my day in 90-minute increments. So let's say you have two 90-minute blocks in the morning. You have two 90-minute blocks in the afternoon. And actually, you have a little bit less because the break is at least half an hour. So with a big group of people, It takes a lot of time to kind of get out of the room and back into the room. So that is really important to kind of have set times for it and not underestimate, you know, this breaking time that people need. People will always feel that the breaks are too short. But if you have really long breaks, there will be others who complain about the breaks being too long. So it's always going to be kind of difficult to balance it out. But just make sure that you have really clear structure around the day. And it's okay if you go over time. Like in my case, I had planned to take a break at a certain time. I think it was 10.30. And then we took a break at 11. And I just made fun of it. Because I know Tony Robbins is the same. If you watch the documentary, I'm Not Your Guru with Tony Robbins, he went two hours over the time. So I think it's not bad to be a little bit like Tony Robbins. So I made a joke about that. You should mix input and interaction. It was clear to me at the live event, I didn't want to teach people like I do on a webinar or in my online program, something on video, like just teach, teach, teach. I wanted an interactive session, some input, yes. Something like food for thought, something that people think about and take with them once they've gone back home. But also interaction, the community presenting themselves. It was a bit of a risk to kind of have 90 people stand up and say who they are and who they hope to meet. But I did it and it took just an hour and I thought that was really worth it. These people who met live and did present themselves, they gained so much from it for the coming years. You really have to give people opportunity to connect. And that's why the theme was connection, collaboration, co-creation. And I mentioned it several times. And I reminded people and I asked them after the break also, have you started to connect? Who are you going to connect with? Are you going to continue this connection? And I saw these connections happening all over the place during the breaks. You have to think of food and drink. Obviously, that's part of the logistics, but also gifts. I actually had ordered notebooks with, you know, Sigrun on it and they didn't arrive in time. So two days before we realized the books will not arrive in time. And since we are doing this in Switzerland, it's not as easy as just going to a shop, which I assume it is like in America, that you can go to a shop and say, hey, I want 90 notebooks. No, you cannot. It was quite a hassle, but I decided not to have this influence me. I thought to myself, well, 
if I don't get the notebooks, it's still going to be an amazing life event. And with that attitude and mindset, it was all okay. We got the notebooks on the morning of the Friday of the first day, and they were red, they were beautiful, and we had red pens, so all was good. It was not the notebooks I ordered, but did it matter? No. But I did mention it. I just told people, and I think it's important to be, you know, vulnerable and, and share. I wouldn't say it's a mistake, but just things happen. There will always be something. Murphy's Law. There's always something that goes wrong. The question is, are you able to deal with it? And I love just to kind of go with the flow and say, hey, things happen. Then after the event, make sure you follow up. There is always some feedback that you would like to hear, but people will not necessarily walk up to you and say it. They will say, of course, the positive things, but you would want all kinds of feedback. Now, you may not do anything about the feedback, but give people the opportunity to give you feedback. You take a look at it. And if it's constructive criticism, something that you really think, oh yeah, this will improve my next life event, then you take it into account. If it's someone who just is negative about everything, you dismiss it. It's important to give people a voice. I've been very disappointed when I go to life events myself and there was no opportunity for me to give feedback. I remember an event I went to, I think in January 2015 in Zurich, Switzerland, and I wanted so much to give feedback to the organizers. You know, it was kind of like, oh, I wish they would have done this. And I never got a feedback form. So I think that's a vital last piece of the puzzle. And then, of course, you get your edited material back. Make sure you have a photographer, videographer and all that stuff. Because next time I advertise a live event, I have then images and video to give people the feeling of how it is to actually attend this live event. Ready? For more, not just life events, but literally transforming your life and business, then you're ready for a mastermind. Head on over to the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 283 to check out the mastermind programs that I offer and how you can apply to join one. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on Apple Podcasts. See you in the next episode.